You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to another Overtime Ireland Football Podcast. It is the Week 14 Preview Show. DJ, we're already into Week 14. It's hard to believe that the NFL season is moving along so quickly. Uh, how's your week been since uh, we last talked? Yeah, Colin, been a busy week. A lot of college work to get wrapped up before the Christmas holidays. Yeah, DJ, I'm sure it is. Hectic time, obviously, and lots of stuff going on in the NFL, lots of stuff going on with yourself I I college and so on and so forth so thanks for uh, fitting it into your schedule to come on here and talk to the talk to the listeners about about the games going up this weekend obviously but uh as we start every show dj we do like to give a plug to our pals at last word in sport they are partnered with us here at overtime ireland their website as always is lastwordonsport.com their twitter handle is at last word on sport and i'm sure you know the drill by now if you haven't checked them out why haven't you they have you covered for all sports go over and check them out and uh, you can listen to us in their last word on sport radio network the the radio network now also has a twitter handle so be sure to check out all their handles and uh, you'll be able to find out exactly when we're up on the site but there's some other great shows up on the last word on sport radio network as well and thank you as always for listening to the show please do hit the subscribe button and uh, keep spreading the word as you have been doing a great job in recent weeks DJ, um, lots of stuff to, to talk about going into this week, so on the show in a little bit we'll be joined by Kian Fahey, and a lot of people know Kian for his great analytical work and analysis of uh, the NFL, in particular breaking down game tape, he's doing it at the college level too, so great to get another Irish voice on the show, we'll be talking to him in just a little bit, but DJ, right now we'll get straight into the Week 14 Preview. Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview. So DJ, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to run through the majority of the games here to, to get things kicked off on the Week 14 preview, and then we'll be joined by Kian Fahey in a little bit to talk about some of the other games and some of the other key things that he's seen in his video breakdowns from around the National Football League, so looking forward to that. But first of all, DJ, we'll start off and we'll start straight into a, a crunch game, I guess we'll call it, in the NFC North. DJ, the Pittsburgh Steelers are heading to Cincinnati to go on the Bengals. Both teams here with a with a, a chance of getting into the playoffs, obviously, and I think that the Bengals at the moment they obviously have the lead in this division, so must win almost for the Steelers. And you know, people talked about that drawing game with the Panthers being a bad result for the for the Bengals, and I know they should have won that game, but as it looks now, eight three and one in the standings that helps them just that little bit more, and they have a number of tiebreakers in this division. Pittsburgh Steelers DJ seven and five, and you know they they weren't too impressive last week against the Saints at home, and I thought I thought they'd win that coming off the bye. So a lot of pressure on them here. I think if they were to lose this game, we could say that they're out of the divisional chase. So what do you think happens here in Cincinnati, DJ? I think Cincinnati will come home. They had a poor performance last week. There's rumors going around that Andy Dalton was sick prior to that Tampa Bay game, and he certainly played like he he was sick. But you know they they got the result there. They they came away with the win, and you know they're they're marching towards the division title. I think they'll get the job done at home. Do you think the, the Pittsburgh Steelers will put up a strong fight against them? I think there's going to be one of the closer games in Week 14 column, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Big Ben and the Steelers can get a victory here. They've been up and down in recent times, but I think they just have enough to beat Andy Dalton and the Bengals. Yeah, the thing I would say, they have been up and down, DJ, but their form at home was their, was their strong point throughout the season. We'll remember they lost to the Jets a few weeks ago and they had a few big results, but they were all at home when they were putting up those games. Remember Ben Roethlisberger had six touchdowns in one game and you know he was on a real, real spree 
of uh, of consecutively good games, but they were all at home and they haven't been as good on the road. The Bengals usually struggle a little bit on the road, but at home they have a, a fairly consistent record, and uh, I think I think they'll have enough here. The problem here for the Steelers, DJ, in particular against the Saints last week, they got torched a few times. I mentioned on the the recap show, Ike Taylor gave up a few big plays, and uh, you know I think the Bengals with AJ Green, Mohamed Sanu, I think they'll have enough to take advantage of that. Gio Bernard hasn't been running the ball quite as well, but out of the backfield he's always a weapon, and Jeremy Hill's been doing a good enough job. So I think overall, I think the the on paper, I think the Bengals will have enough to win this game, and as they have the home field advantage too, I expect them to win by in the right a touchdown mark. But it's one of the games, DJ, I'm really looking forward to this week. It's one of the early slate of games, and uh, you know you're starting to really get into the thick of things. If you lose this week, DJ, you could be going home, and if you win, you could be trying to seal that playoff spot. So a big, big game in the AFC, and in particular the AFC North. That one. St. Louis Rams, DJ, they're, uh, after coming off an absolute demolition job off the Oakland Raiders, put up massive points last week, 52 to none, so they didn't concede at all last week. 5-7 and seven in the rankings, they're not going to make the playoffs, but you know if they were in a number of other divisions, they would certainly be in with a shout. I think uh, if you look here at the Washington Redskins, Colt McCoy played last week against the Colts, 3-9. and nine. We all know the struggles at quarterback for them with RG3 now on the bench. A lot of issues. I think Alfred Morris is having a pretty good season. If you look at his, you know, his rushing yards and so on and so forth, I think they have a few other nice pieces. And you know, but the the nice pieces aren't coming to play. You look at Garcon; he's not having a lot of great games. Deshaun Jackson is putting up some nice games, but last week in particular, a few knocks. So you know, he he's not going to be a hundred percent, and we'll see how he goes forward with the the injury report and so on. If he lines up this week, and if he's out, it's definitely a big big blow for them. The Redskins have not been good this season, DJ. They obviously got that win against the Dallas Cowboys in Monday Night Football. That was like the the pinnacle of their season so far. But at home here against the St. Louis Rams, it's going to be an interesting game. This is one that at the start of the season you would have definitely thought the Redskins would be favoured in. But after the the performance last week of the St. Louis Rams and how their defence has been playing in recent weeks over the last, say, month, we'll call it, DJ, month or six weeks. And I think uh, the Rams here are going to go in and put a lot of pressure on Colt McCoy. And I think it'll be a a win on the road for the Rams, actually. And I'm, I'm quite surprised at how their season has turned around at the start of the season getting no pressure on the quarterbacks but got a few pieces back Kai Long's back now or Chris Long's back sorry and I think they're going to put a lot of pressure uh, on Colt McCoy this week and I think that'll be the key to this game I think defence stays strong for the St. Louis Rams and you know you've seen what Trey Mason done last week he'll not do the same this week I do, well I don't think he will anyway but I think uh, the St. Louis Rams pick up a win on the road here DJ probably in around the, the field goal margin probably a low scoring game No, not 50 I'll make a bold prediction DJ the Rams will not get 52 points this week yeah, Colm, agree with you. The Rams definitely aren't getting 50 points this week. They'll probably not even be 50 points combined in this game. <laughs> yeah, probably true. But yeah, have to go with a Rams win against the Redskins. The Redskins have been New York Jet-like, but we'll not talk about the Jets until we're actually talking about our game. <laughs> but yeah, definitely going with a Rams win here. And then up is Colts, Colm, looking to keep up the pressure on the Patriots and the Broncos for the in the battle for the top spot in the AFC. They're taking on the higher slash Johnny Manziel <laughs> football team. It's hard to know who's actually going to finish this game if Brian Hoyer plays the way he did last week. Johnny football could get yet another couple of snaps in a win. I'm sure Johnny Manziel's going to hope that he doesn't get flattened in <laughs> The ends on this week. Yeah, DJ, you mentioned there Johnny Manziel. Um, we don't want to sound like we're ESPN going on Johnny Manziel mad mode, but you know they, they seem to love a bit of Johnny Manziel. It did surprise me when they announced that uh, Brian Hoyer is going to be the starter this week. But DJ, as you mentioned, 
it's hard to predict who's going to finish that game and you know I think this week they're probably looking they probably looking they have to win to have a chance to stay in the playoff chase I mentioned that Bengals game as well so you know this is a key game for them in the season and you know the Colts have been on a strong run eight and four in the season Andrew Luck again last week putting up monster numbers and you know started that game pretty bad with the two turnovers but finished it with a very convincing box score but I think uh, looking at this one Hoyer's going to start the game I don't think it's best for the Browns but I think if you look they're unlikely to beat the Indianapolis Colts whether either quarterback starts so maybe they're they're just giving them giving Manziel a little bit of more breathing room and you know playing for the last three games but you know they're in with a chance DJ so I guess stick with Hoyer see how it goes and then you can always change it but I was surprised at that decision and we'll know we'll know come game day whether it's the right or wrong decision maybe Hoyer pulls this one out of the bag but in the last three games he has been very very poor and you know he started quite well luckily they didn't sign any contract with him and if I was his agent I would have signed uh, any piece of paper that was put on the table in front of me so we'll see what, we'll see what happens in the offseason with him and his contract situation but not looking good in the moment I think DJ uh, we mentioned it the Colts are on a nice run I think the Colts win this game you mentioned they're trying to keep pace at the top of the AFC standings I think they're going to win their division obviously and uh, I think they're going to be in there in the top three or four teams in the AFC and nobody's going to really want to play them in the playoffs but I think the, the Cleveland Browns defense has been pretty strong this season. I've been impressed with them, but I don't think they'll do enough here because simple fact is they went to Buffalo last week and Buffalo with their defense and Kyle Larton was a quarterback and they got the job done. I don't think the Coles defense is as good as the Bills, but the quarterback situation is definitely much, much better. And uh, I'm taking the Colts, Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton and the gang to, to pick up a W here. Next up, DJ, on the schedule is a game I'm sure you're very excited to watch, and that is the New York Giants travelling to face the Tennessee Titans. Should be an absolutely amazing match to watch this one. The 3-9 and nine Giants taking on the 2-10 and 10 Tennessee Titans. Both these teams ranked in the bottom four in the league in defence. They're, they're ranked very low, too, in offence. So it is a, a little bit of an exaggeration to say it'll be absolutely amazing, but is there anything in particular you're looking forward to in this one? Well, other than when the... Eight o'clock runs out. Uh, not very much, Callum. I think it's going to be one of the games that I might switch to red zone for just to avoid having to watch the whole game. <laughs> but I think Eli Manning might actually get a win this week against the Titans. Yeah, I don't think that would be too much of a surprise if it happened. They're on a, they're on a chronic, chronic royal indeed. So they started the season well enough and it's just been a downhill slope since losing to the Jaguars last week as well. So this is really a, a you know a bottom of the the table battle, kind of if we call it that, the bottom of the the standings battle. But I think uh, I'll be surprised if the Giants don't pull one out here. But then the home field advantage is the Titans. I'm sure they're going to get themselves up for this game. And you know we don't know yet if Jake Locker's going to be starting or what the situation will be with the quarterback. But you know when that's up in the air, it's hard to make a, a comprehensive pick. But I mentioned DJ, I was close to taking the Jags against the Giants last week, and uh, I've picked a good few road victories here as well. So a lot of the time in the NFL, DJ home field advantage is a major, major point. And you know I'm going to go for the upset here. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans, uh, regardless of who starts at quarterback. I think they'll. I think it's going to be a very poor game to watch, and I think the the Titans will get up for this game. I think Delaney Walker will probably be the main man to get targeted in this one. And uh, I think they, they scrape out a victory, but it's not one that I'm going to be very excited to watch, I can tell you that much. Just easy when we're on the subject, the New York Giants uh, tweeted out a picture this night of uh, we're putting up the Christmas tree here and uh, in the box. I had forgot all about this. I got a present last Christmas. We were in New York City in November and uh, my girlfriend picked me up uh, an ornament it's of, uh, of a snowman with a, a New York Giants the big NY logo on it um, 
not not my uh, favorite piece of Christmas decorations, but it's up on the tree, and uh, I'll have to get myself a, a Packers one here uh, in the very near future, maybe even before Christmas. So, uh, unofficial New York Giants fan with my Christmas tree decorations, anyway. Yeah, Colin, hopefully Packer doesn't see it, or it will be sacked <laughs> yeah, DJ, very quickly. Yeah, DJ talking about my, my dog with the <laughs> called Packer, but... I guess, DJ, uh, the fact that I have that on the Christmas tree, I'm just going to take a major swing here and change my prediction altogether. Just because of that decoration, we'll go for the New York Giants. <laughs> Moving swiftly on before Colin changes mind yet again on that, <laughs> that one game. Tampa Bay travelling to Detroit this week to take on the Lions. The 2-11 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What can I say about this game? Lions winning. Pat Murray probably the best thing for the Buccaneers yet again. Yeah, in recent weeks it's been the kicking of Pat Murray that's kept them in games, but last week he didn't get his chance to hit a game on a field goal and it was down to per play or per uh, execution by the, the Buccaneers, 12 men on the field and forced them out of field goal position. So they could have had a big win against the uh, against the Bengals last week and we were talking about the Bengals game earlier, DJ. The big switch there in that AFC North division due to that one. Bengals, on the other hand, 2-10. and 10. Or sorry, the Buccaneers 2-10, and 10, not looking great at the moment. The Detroit Lions, DJ, got the win on Thanksgiving, and they, they really needed that one. They're 8-4 and four now. They're hot in the heels of the Green Bay Packers, and they're going to need a win to keep things going here. In Detroit, major advantage there, obviously, for the Detroit Lions. Indoors, weather, not a factor. And uh, if you look, DJ, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defense 20th in the league. Number two defense in the league is the Detroit Lions. I think the Detroit Lions, they have been struggling in offense in recent weeks, but uh, you know last week against the, the Bears, who haven't been good on defense this year, picked it up quite a bit, and I think we'll see them go to Calvin Johnson a lot in this game, and I think the run game is going to be shut down to the Buccaneers, and it's going to put a lot of pressure on Josh McCowan, and I just do not think that is a winning recipe for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I see this one being a, quite an easy one here for the Detroit Lions at home. I think Matthew Stafford will have one of his better games of the year in this, in fact, and uh, I see them winning this quite cozily. Baltimore Ravens, Callum, taking on the Miami Dolphins, who I can say I stayed up and watched their game against the New York Jets on Monday Night Football last week and I'm sure anyone other than Jets and Dolphins fans that stayed up to watch that game were very disappointed at how poor a game it was and the Dolphins' run D was absolutely appalling. They may as well have just sat on the sideline and let the Jets players run straight through them because that's exactly what they done. Geno Smith, no interceptions from what I can remember but then the game was at Three o'clock in the morning. So if there was one, I apologise. <laughs> yeah, well, DJ, um, you mentioned there the run defence. First of all, Geno Smith. It'll be quite hard for him having interceptions with him not throwing any passes. I think he had seven completions of the game out of thirteen attempts. And I think prior to the final drive, when they actually went behind, I think he only had six pass attempts in the whole game up to that point. So really took the ball out of Geno Smith's hand. You mentioned the run defence of the Dolphins. While it wasn't great, it is hard to defend the run when it is constantly coming at you without any breaks and I mentioned uh, they were doing a lot of things there Percy Harvin on jet sweeps uh, pardon, the, pardon the name there the jet sweep for the New York Jets but lots of things going on and you know they were doing a lot of shuffle passes and so on trying to keep the keep the defence on their back or on their back feet on their heels and and uh, it just uh, was working for them quite well up until near the very very end this game DJ just running through some of the, the standings in the league both offences are not good we have the New York Jets number 29 in the league we have the Minnesota Vikings number 30 in the league on offense we have the defense both defenses dj going quite well actually when you look at the stantons we have them at new york jets are seventh 
and and the Miami or the Minnesota Vikings are tenth, which have both impressed. The Minnesota Vikings have definitely impressed me this season with their defensive attitude. I thought they've been good. I'm surprised now at that standing of the of the New York Jets. To be honest with you, the front seven's good. The back end of that defense is not good. So maybe they're getting a, a little bit of help from that front seven in those in those rankings. Obviously, passing wise, DJ, we have Minnesota thirtieth and the Jets thirty second. So. You know, it's not going to be very impressive, and both of them are leading very high stats in rushing, so we're going to see a lot of running the ball. We're going to see the quarterbacks not getting a lot of time to throw. But if you're going to quarterbacks, DJ Teddy Bridgewater is better than Geno Smith, uh, in my opinion, and I don't even think it's close. I think the rookie is starting to come along a little bit in recent weeks, and I think uh, we'll see both teams rushing the ball. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game, and I think the Vikings will get the win, but who knows, maybe maybe the Vikings have another two punt returns return for touchdowns this week and it heightens the score a little bit. So uh, a win here for the Minnesota Vikings at home and that takes them to 6-7. and seven. You mentioned each of the Miami Dolphins. They played the New York Jets Monday Night Football and they're coming up this week with a massive game at home. They uh, really needed that win on Monday Night Football and pulled it out of the bag. They're 7-5 and five now. They're facing the 7-5 and five Baltimore Ravens. This is another game, DJ, that could be arguably one of the games of the week and... Uh, Definitely so far in the list we've gone through, it stands out head and shoulders above the rest along with that Bengals-Steelers game. Dolphins at home here, DJ. The Ravens lost last week late on to the Chargers, so they're going to be chipping their shoulder. I think uh, you know the Dolphins' defense has been very good this season. You weren't impressed with them on Monday Night Football and, and very, very different parts of it. I haven't been. Their pass defense has been particularly good, but they didn't have many passes to defend on Monday. So Joe Flacco is going to throw the ball a little bit more. Still up in the air with the Tory Smith status after that injury in the game last week. We'll see. And uh, Steve Smith has quietened down after his electric start to the season. So we'll see what happens in this one, DJ. I think uh, Miami Dolphins, you know, they, they were in a tough spot on prime time last week on Monday Night Football. All the pressure was on them. They were expected to win. As long as they get the win, I'm sure they're going to be happy. One day less to prepare, but they have the home home comforts in this one. And DJ, with the home field advantage being, as I mentioned, so important with them trying to get into the playoffs, I think uh, the Dolphins are going to going to sneak in there. So I'm going to give them a win in this one. Just uh, if the Baltimore Ravens were to get a win here, DJ, they're going to be a sneaky team uh, if they can get in with a wild card place or even clinch that division. Possibly they'll be right in the heels of the the team in that Cincinnati Bengals against the Pittsburgh Steelers game so this is a key game for the Ravens if they want to try and be in that playoff hunt and of course we know they snuck into the playoffs there a few years ago and uh, went on an absolutely amazing Super Bowl run so not not running the Baltimore Ravens out here but I have been impressed by the Dolphins and although I wasn't impressed on Monday night I think they, they get a, a good performance here and win at home New Orleans Saints can't get on the Panthers this week this could be yet another close game I think we've said that a bit a few games this week but it's one I think could be interesting hopefully well actually hopefully Jimmy Graham has yet another terrible game because Sean Payton cost me my fantasy league playoff <laughs> this last week so Sean if you're listening just don't get through breeze throwing the ball to Jimmy <laughs> yeah DJ's still uh, not too happy with with Sean Payton after Jimmy not getting the ball last week but if you look uh, I've seen some analysis of that game and if you look down through it there was uh, quite a few times when he was triple covered double covered and it was freeing up a lot a lot of space for the rest of the players on the team you mentioned DJ the New Orleans Saints uh, obviously this is a division game the Saints are 5-7 and seven, the Panthers 3-8-1 and one, and the Panthers last week looked abysmal after their bye week so I think we're looking here DJ New Orleans Saints at home again they have been on the road DJ I mentioned they won on the road last week lost their last three home games so will they lose four in a row I said they couldn't lose two in a row I said they couldn't lose three in a row I'm going to go out here again and 
well, I may as well go down with the ship if I'm going to be wrong. They can't lose four in a row. So I see the, the Saints winning this game. I think the Saints are going to go on and win this division, and uh, this is a must-win for them with the Carolina Panthers. I'm sure the Panthers are going to be right up for this one and try and get a result, but after uh, you know the, the performance last week of the Saints, I think the offense was clicking a bit into gear. You mentioned Jimmy Graham wasn't used last week. I expect him to get a little bit more of the ball this week, and I expect a, a simple home win here for Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, I think probably in around a 10-point win, actually, because the the problem at the moment for the Panthers is they just can't seem to score. And I think, uh, you know, if the, if the Saints can get out to a lead, maybe a two or three touchdown lead, I think it's going to be very, very hard for the Panthers and Cam Newton to get back into it. Seems to easy like we're uh, going through games here. There's still a few to run through with the, you know, the, the bye week and everything. Uh, the bye weeks and everything wrapped up. Uh, obviously, there's more games to talk about. So we're going to go in now talk about some of the games now with Kean Fahey, and then we'll be back to, to recap any of the games that are left over to end the show. So let's get Kean on the show. Hi, I'm Delaney Walker, tight end for the Tennessee Titans, and you listen to Overtime Ireland. Joined back on the podcast again by Kean Fahey, a fellow Irish man doing an absolutely fantastic job covering the NFL, breaking down some game tape and giving great analysis uh, basically on a, on a daily basis. Uh, Kean, uh, thanks for coming on to talk to us. Oh, happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I guess to start off, I said there, Kean Fahey is joining us on the show. Uh, the age-old debate has been, been debated both uh, on a number of American stateside podcasts and on your Twitter. It's a, it's a regular occurrence. Uh, put the debate to bed. Uh, how do we pronounce the name? Oh, Kean Fahey! <laughs> I, I, I get. It, I had it as um, the Irish, the Irish spelling recently. Yeah, and um, they were trying to credit something for me on uh, Dan Lebertard's radio show on ESPN, and they just they couldn't even try and read it, so they just <laughs> went with some guy from Bleacher Report. <laughs> they figured I should change it at that stage. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see you getting uh, recognition on on shows like that. There, you're obviously doing a great job, and I've uh, been very, very impressed reading the work. Football Guys is a podcast I've got into listen to over the last few months, and you've been on that quite a few times. I always get a, a chuckle each and every time. They, they're still murdering your name on there, so <laughs> always get a laugh out of that. The bad thing is they're doing it on purpose yeah. just to wind me up. <laughs> well, if it's working, they might keep trying it. But uh, first, game, first game up to go through, we're going to go with the, the Houston... Uh, the Houston Texans, I almost forgot the name of the Houston Texans. We call them the Houston J.J. Watts here on the podcast. But the Houston Texans taking on the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the first person I want to talk about is J.J. Watt. What uh, what more can we say about this man? Ah, It's very, very difficult to say something that hasn't already been yeah. said. He, um, he, he seems to just take over games when he wants to take over games. Last week's performance was really impressive. But you have to consider last week the Titans were missing three of their starting offensive linemen. So at this stage of his career, you'd expect him to dominate a game like that. This week, he's up against the Jags, who are pretty damn poor on the offensive line as well. So he should continue to do what he's done to most teams this year and just continue to dismantle offenses. He's been he's been really causing havoc, whether it be quarterback hits, pressures, sacks, whatever you want to call it. But you know he's starting to score both on defense and offense. How how impressed have you been with him? Uh, you know, in some of his, his tight end play in the last few weeks. God, I mean, he's really <laughs> versatility is just unbelievable. Because even even if we discount the fact he's playing a little bit on offense, mm. just to start on the defensive line, he can move anywhere and be exactly the same player that he is uh, when he, when he's playing at his best in in one specific spot as a defensive tackle or a three four end. He can move outside the offensive tackle. He move inside the offensive tackle. He can go right over the center, and that seems like a minor thing, but. It's not something every player, every high-quality player in the league can do, and it makes it very difficult for the opposition to double-team him on every snap or game plan for game plan for where he's going to be on every snap. So even before you look at him being a tight end, 
his versatility is already huge. So then you add in the actual, what he's doing as a tight end, even though it's only in the red zone and what he's doing on the whole isn't massively difficult if, it was just, if you were viewing it in the idea of him being a tight end. But the fact that he's doing it as a defensive end is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, and JJ Watt, you know, one about the. I, I haven't seen anyone dominate on a consistent basis to start his career and the effect that JJ Watt has. That's something that I haven't seen. Something I thought I would never see was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick putting up his touchdown numbers <laughs> last week, and uh, I don't think we're going to see that this coming week. But if he, has to, if he has to put up a few touchdowns, a man might be catching some of those balls as DeAndre Hopkins. How impressed have you been in his second season? I've been very impressed with his play. Yeah, Hopkins is um, very interesting because. Hopkins came out in that class with Tavon Austin, Corderell Patterson, and Justin Hunter. And he was kind of the refined receiver, the well-rounded receiver, while the other three were reliant on their athleticism. And they were kind of, most people, I think, favored the other three because of how athletically gifted they were. But Hopkins is the kind of guy who's going to make every play that you ask him to make. And he's going to consistently do it. And he's proven... He's proven over his first two years, really, that he can produce in spite of poor quarterback play. I know he got good quarterback play last week from Fitzpatrick in a rare day when Fitzpatrick was good. But uh, you saw then when he did get good quarterback play, he was able to put up over 200 yards. And the way he did it was phenomenal as well because he was making catches at his toes. He was catching the ball above above defensive backs. He was creating separation with his route running, with his strength, with his speed. He's He's a bit like his teammate there, Andre Johnson, in that he doesn't have any specific weaknesses and he's not a, 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 an exceptional athlete, but he's such a good all-around athlete that he can just win in so many different ways that it's very, very difficult to, to, to cover him. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Patterson there and you mentioned Tavon Austin as well. Last year they had some spectacular plays, particularly towards the end of the season. We were all talking about them. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has developed at a steady rate. He had some nice games last year, but the second year he's really developing nicely. Just on the other side, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm just going to get you to round this whole team up into almost one ball. The development of the team as a whole, obviously, they've Blake Bartles as their rookie quarterback. There's a lot of young players in this team. I think the youngest roster in the league, if you add up all the players. So have you been impressed? I know they're, they're not going great in wins, and they bet the Giants last week, but do you think the team is turning in the right direction now? The Jaguars are very difficult because they are the youngest roster in the league, and furthermore than that, they have the least experience of any team in the league when you break it down per player. And... The problem is you always need to give uh, give young players time, but if you just give young players time just because they're young, it's not really. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're going in the right direction. And with Blake Bortles, well, obviously the key is Blake Bortles because they took him third overall, and he's the quarterback, and who he's who they're invested in. He's definitely who the the coaching staff is going to be tied to moving forward. So if Bortles fails, the chances are the coaching staff will be fired. So they need Bortles to succeed. And the, the problem with Bortles is. They should have left him on the bench. They, they wanted to leave him on the bench for the first year, but Henny was so bad that they needed to put him in, and they made a bad decision doing that because Bortles is showing some regression with how he throws the ball, with how he moves his feet, how, he, how his throwing motion uh, is consistent from attempt to attempt, and how his decision-making is. And it, it just feels a little bit like they're going in the wrong direction, even though they are so young and even though they are making lots of different changes from a team that was terrible a few years ago. Yeah, I think uh, overall everyone in that organisation gets another year anyway, and we'll see how they're going next year. I think they're, you know, they need to start getting wins, as I keep saying on the show, but they're they're starting, I think, to get a little bit better. Pick a winner in this year, I think. You know, with JJ Watt, with uh, you know the, the youth and inexperience off the Jaguars, I think overall, I think uh, the quarterback, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's not my favourite quarterback in the league, but he's been consistent when given the chance this year. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the, the Houston Texans to win on the road here. What about yourself? 
Yeah, well, the Jaguars won last week, but you'd be you'd be a fool to think they played well last week yeah. because they relied basically on two big defensive plays, and their offense was pretty much useless until the end of the game. Really, uh, I'd have to go with the Texans. The Texans just have too much talent for them, even though I'm not a big Fitzpatrick fan either. Up next, the uh, game is the Kansas City Chiefs and the the Cardinals. The Cardinals losing last week to the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, and the the Chiefs, you know. I, they've, they've impressed me I, I picked at the start of the season they would be the team getting the first overall pick next year so I was I was very wrong about that but uh, in this game Patrick Peterson absolutely uh, got annihilated last week by Julio Jones and obviously the, the Chiefs haven't got any wide receivers basically at all never mind at the calibre of Julio Jones were you surprised at that matchup last week how, how much he was dominated? No I've always felt that um, Patrick Peterson and Joe Hayden are probably the two most overrated uh, cornerbacks in the league uh, I, I do an off-season uh, series where yeah. You go through every snap of the cornerback, and you look at when he's beaten and when he's covered when he covers players. And even though Peterson and Hayden have good ball skills and are able to create big plays by getting their hands on the ball for interceptions, they are regularly beaten in coverage, and they simply don't have that ability to stick with top class receivers. So when you have a guy like Julio Jones, even though Julio Jones isn't really a refined receiver, he's just really a great athlete. He's going to always be able to uh, be a problem for a guy like Patrick Peterson. This here game, obviously, I mentioned that the Chiefs don't have much of a downfield threat. They do have Jamal Charles. They're going to be missing Eric Berry again this week, and obviously for the rest of the season. Hopefully, his his health situation can be, you know, improved. But we're looking at this game. Drew Stanton, the quarterback for the Cardinals, they really only put up three meaningful points last week when they played against the Falcons. One of them was a defensive touchdown, and then a touchdown late on when the game was already over. But uh, how do you see this game lining up between the two teams? It's a difficult game to um, predict mm. simply because you have two teams with quarterbacks who are problematic. I know Alex Smith has a lot of a lot of fans. I know people will talk about how many games the Chiefs have won with him and how little he turns the ball over. But he also doesn't... He, he, we, we always talk about poor decisions in terms of quarterback play and we talk about interceptions and turnovers or taking sacks and, and stuff like that. But what we never talk about is when there's a chance for a big play down the field and the quarterback turns it down because he's scared of throwing an interception. And Alex Smith is the guy who just does that all the time. And it hurts his offense as much as it helps. And it, it, it's the kind of thing that if he... Sometimes you know, there are some games where he will be a little bit more aggressive. And when he's a little bit more aggressive, that whole offense looks a lot better. So you're kind of looking at him going, what are you going to be against this defense? Because this defense is kind of scary and it's the kind of defense where you, you do need to take big play opportunities when they come. And then on the other side, you have the same situation with Drew Stanton where you don't really know what you're going to get with him as well. Uh, I think I'd probably lean towards the Cardinals, but a, a huge reason for that is just that they're at home. Yeah, the home field advantage. I think they've obviously lost now to the Seahawks and the, the Falcons' back-to-back road games are going home, so that's going to be an advantage. The Chiefs, uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be the, the turnover battle. Alex Smith isn't turning the ball over much, but you know we talk about Jamal Charge and how good of a runner he is. It's really, really tough to run against this Cardinal team, but they did give up 100 yards to Stephen Jackson last week, so who knows uh, Who knows what happens this week with Jamal Charge. But I'm going to give the edge here to the, the Cardinals. I think... You know, the Chiefs aren't going to put up enough points. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, and it's not one that I'm looking forward to seeing, to be honest with you. So going to go for uh, both of them, the Cardinals, in this here one. Next game up, 49ers and the Raiders. Two quarterbacks I want to ask you about in this. Derek Carr, he started the season quite well. A lot of people impressed with him, but I think he's definitely hit the rookie wall now at this stage. And the other quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, has Kaepernick regressed? No, he hasn't massively regressed. What's happened is they've changed the way the offense works, and they're asking him to be a more traditional dropback passer who's going to have to manage pressure in the pocket and make reads down the field. And that's even when he was at his best, that was never what he was doing. He was largely being uh, a complementary piece to a running game where they could use him on play action, they could use him on 
and one read throws they could use his athleticism to make plays. And it, it's kind of it's very confusing the way they have called games this year because they're not playing to Kaepernick's strengths. It's as if they're trying to force Kaepernick to be something that they want him to be rather than yeah. what he actually is. So now, now you're finding that the the opinions on Kaepernick are going from a place where they were at one extreme, where I think it was Jaws was uh, from ESPN, Ron Jaworski was saying that he could be the best quarterback ever. Yeah. Oh, it was ridiculous. And now people are saying he's one of the worst in the league, which is also ridiculous because he's somewhere really in between. He's kind of always been in, in between somewhere. Yeah, any of the big plays we ever talked about were nearly always with his legs. And, you know, I'm a Packers fan, so we have quite a number of them against the Packers over the years. So I'm not his biggest fan, but, uh, you know, we'll see We'll see going forward. I think their, their chances of getting into the playoffs, you know, I think, they're, I think they're kind of gone after that loss to the Seahawks. And just picking a winner in this game, the Raiders got blown out last week in a, in a massive fashion against the Rams, going back uh, playing at home again. But can't, can't see anything other than a 49ers win here. But, you know, both teams don't have a lot to be excited about for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, I think the Raiders are at the point where they got the, the win they needed, and now yeah. they're just coasting to the end of the year. You, you would, they, unless the 49ers are going to give up because they're because they don't look like they're going to make the playoffs. I think there's only the only team you can pick in this game is San Francisco. Yeah, and last game now that we're going to do before a couple of questions in on Twitter is the the Seahawks and the Eagles. Seahawks obviously have shown a massive improvement in the last few weeks with key players returning on defense, and obviously when you're getting your starting players back, it's going to make a big difference. And I think they're, the last few games have nearly been back to what they were last year. But the Eagles side of the ball, big win against the the Dallas Cowboys. Mark Sanchez, can he do that again? And the next question is, Lashawn McCoy, he's definitely looking better in recent weeks. Is that down to the O line getting healthy, or uh, what do you put that down to? Well, with McCoy, a lot of it is the offensive line, and it's a little bit of his own uh, individual play improving slightly. Um, I, I think the bigger the bigger story here is Sanchez going against the Seahawks defense. If you this should be fun. Yeah, well, if, you, <laughs> if you push, if you just just didn't tell anyone anything about the game except that one team is starting Mark Sanchez and he's going against the Seattle Seahawks defense, and if you said that to someone over the last twelve thirteen months, hmm. no one would ever consider picking the team that's starting Mark yeah. Sanchez. And I think at this stage, Chip Kelly's offense is kind of making us wonder if we can pick Mark Sanchez against this, this kind of de- uh, against this kind of defense. But for me, I think the Seahawks will probably have too much speed. I think they have too many high quality players in their secondary, and it might end up looking like a game that the Eagles had with the Packers a few weeks ago when they were just comfortably beaten. Yeah, that was the point I was going to get up. I thought they were thoroughly dominated, but the thing was the Packers got out to a lead. They were playing from behind, so that didn't help the Eagles either. I don't know if the Seahawks will get out to that sort of lead, but. When you've seen the game last week, the, the Cowboys were on a short week. They were definitely gassed. And, you know, I think with the Seahawks, they're getting those key pieces back. So they have quicker players, you know, in the, in the main positions. And then they also will have some players to sub in and out. So I think the Seahawks will have the advantage there as well. I can't see uh, anything other than a Seahawks win, but their form on the road has been shaky. But I have to go with the Seahawks in the, the current defensive form. But it's going to be an interesting matchup. You mentioned Chip Kelly's offense against, against what looks to be the Seahawks right into form in the defensive side. Yeah, well, Chip Kelly's offense, it's been very good to this point, and they've kind of um, taken advantage of lesser defenses. But when they've played good defenses, I don't think it's been as effective. Mm. And obviously, we're only two years into his uh, tenure, so it's difficult to really judge at this stage. So these kind of games are going to be very important for judging him as a head coach moving forward, I suppose. It's also interesting that obviously that Nick Foles last year, and he was very lucky with the the turnovers that they didn't come from last year, and he had such a, such a good season. Obviously, this season he's injured, and we've we've. Uh Mark Sanchez playing. It'll be interesting in this draft. I think this could be the draft where you know there was a lot of players in college when Chip Kelly came out. Maybe some of them are coming out in the draft this year. He might try and target one in this year's draft. Is that something that you think about? Or? 
I think their problem is going to be where they're picking in the draft mm. because the idea. I think there's there's no question that he would want Marcus Mariota, but Mariota is likely to go in the first three or five picks. Mariota is the Oregon quarterback yeah. who is simply a phenomenal talent. But when you look past that, you've got more. You've got more kind of big armed slow moving guys, and while Chip Kelly doesn't doesn't actually seem to go for um, mobile quarterbacks, you see he's got guys like Foles and Sanchez. He also doesn't go for statues like maybe a Zach Mettenberger or someone like that. And I, I just I'm not sure there's the type of quarterback he'll want in this dra- in the upcoming draft class. Yeah, maybe going all out of the way and do some uh, fantasy football. Maybe RG 3s finished in Washington. Maybe he gets moved in there. We'll we'll see what happens. But that would be that would be the most interesting one, I think. Uh, a few questions in on Twitter. Uh, Cahill Keenson in the first one, and you talked. To, we were talking about about Kaepernick, and he's in the middle of the middle of the road of quarterbacks at the moment. One that's obviously talked about in the middle of the road at times, and that's Andy Dalton. How far can he take Cincinnati, uh, in your opinion? Not very. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've seen with Dalton over the years now that he's just he he's the he's the greatest example of a quarterback who benefits from his uh, situation. He plays behind a very good offensive line. He has some very good receivers, and the running game has been decent uh, so for as long as he's been there. Every time they reach the playoffs, he implodes. I think maybe this year they might get, get, a, get a lucky draw in the wildcard round. They might have the Dolphins at home or someone like that because the Dolphins aren't really that experienced. They're less experienced than the, the Bengals, and you, you would think in a one-off game the Bengals might be able to overcome them. But I think once you get past the wildcard round, they, I, I don't really see them like as a, as a team like the Ravens a few years ago who got hot at the right time. Uh, and Flacco was able to help them towards the Super Bowl because when you when you look at guys like Flacco and Dalton, they're both kind of in that mid range of quarterbacks. But even before Flacco went on that Super Bowl run, he would always perform relatively well in what we call big games, mm-hmm. regular season games with the Steelers, playoff games, uh, games against the Patriots, games like that. But Dalton has never shown us that, so we can't really bet on him doing it for three or four games that he needs to do it for the playoff run. Yeah, consistently playing at the top level is definitely definitely his issue and. You know, we thought last year probably when they got to the you're talking about getting a lucky draw, they got the Chargers last year scraped down in the last uh, last game of the season, and you know they they still laid an egg there. So we'll see what happens if they make it to the playoffs. It's all up in the air still whether they do make it. I think they will, but we'll see, we'll see what happens when it gets to that stage. Next topic is uh, Jordy Nelson. <laughs> is he underrated? Oh God, I I, I, I do this. Um... <laughs> and not to take my Twitter feed too seriously at times. Yeah. And I, I've taken to asking, is Jordy Nelson underrated every day this week? Just because he's the go-to guy for yeah. people when they're looking for an underrated player. And he, he's he's mentioned as an underrated player so often that now he's probably adequately rated. But uh, I, I think he's a phenomenal receiver, really. I did a piece this week for Football Outsiders on Aaron Rodgers, and I went through all of Aaron Rodgers' trolls from the year. And his trolls to Nelson are just... Like they're, they're, they're consistently on target more than they are to anyone else on the offense. And I kind of you always hear the idea that Nelson ben, benefits from playing with Rodgers, but I think Rodgers benefits a lot from playing with Nelson as much as, uh, as, much as it doesn't get mentioned. So that, that's the one thing I would point out, but I'm kind of getting sick of hearing about how underrated he is. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think he's underrated. You mentioned there, you know, he helps Rodgers. A game that sprung to mind instantly when you mentioned that was they played Cincinnati last year. They lost the game. It was actually uh, one of the, the first times that uh, Jonathan Franklin got injured last year for the Packers. But he uh, he had a big game there where a lot of the balls were balls that Rodgers had actually thrown over the sideline, but he was keeping his toes and bounds and catching the ball. It's one of his greatest assets, I think, for him. But uh, 
overall, he's not underrated, but he's a player who doesn't get it. You know, they're up in Green Bay. There's not as much media attention on them, I think, at times. And uh, over the last few years, like, it's amazing that he hasn't made a Pro Bowl. I think that's going to finish up this year and he'll be voted on to the Pro Bowl. But he's having another another absolutely sensational season. And, you know, underrated, I don't think it's the word, but some people might know after this season, they definitely know who he is. Next up. There's, um, there, there's a stylistic thing with Nelson and Rodgers together where Rodgers excels at dropping the ball over a cornerback down, down the other sideline, the right sideline in particular. And Nelson has that hand, like, with receivers working down the sideline, you always want their hands and their feet to be working together. And Nelson's hands and feet are always in tune. And that allows him to make plays on the ball in very tight areas that just, uh, it, it leads to receptions that shouldn't really be receptions, like you were saying there against the Bengals. Yeah, and that, uh, I know a lot of things Wes Welker done, particularly with uh, Tom Brady. You could have thought they were nearly telepathic when they were doing passes. I think you have that there, kind of understand between them. They've been together for a number of years, so that they kind of know what's coming from each player. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Stephen Byrne had a question. was, how do you, or with the film study of Aaron Rodgers this year, and you mentioned you read a piece for him, how has his play racked up with you know some of the previous great seasons at the quarterback position? You know some people are talking you know another Super Bowl ring and he could be on his way to being the best ever. What, what's your opinions on that argument? Well, this is the best I've ever seen a quarterback play, and the the second best I've ever seen a quarterback play was the last time Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. So <laughs> um, it's hard to argue against the idea of him doing that again this year. The the thing for me is I I, I never like to talk about players that we couldn't see play guys. Mm. Um, Unitas and and even for me Montana and uh, name some players players like that who just it's it, it's it was before I was born and it was times when the game was completely different. So the way I try and judge the, the highest quality of quarterback isn't so much against who played the game in the past, but the idea is better to look at where he could improve. And to my point, I I could find very little that Rodgers could actually improve on and make make his offense uh, around him better by elevating his own play. And to me, that's not something... Because I'm generally quite critical on quarterbacks. And with Rodgers, you have to nitpick and you have to really, really nitpick minor things to, to come up with just a reason to a reason to fault him. And no other quarterback in recent times has been like that. You look at Peyton Manning last year. Peyton Manning last year was unbelievably good. He was unbelievably good, though, because... He was relying on specific traits, his ability to break the defense down and his accuracy of leading leading receivers to certain spots, as well as his pocket movement, I should mention that. But Manning doesn't have the same well-rounded uh, skill set that Rodgers has. So even though Manning produced more than Rodgers last year, Rodgers' performances have been better this year because he's showing off, uh, he's showing off different things that Manning couldn't do. It's interesting when you watch it. The last question I had, you can answer it there a bit, but you know, his last few seasons, he was injured last year, but overall his seasons have been actually tremendous, even in the seasons that they, they didn't go well in the playoffs, and the 49ers made a, made a show of them in the playoffs both years, but ha, has he improved? And I think you've answered that, he has improved, and my answer would be he has, but do you want to, do you want to elaborate a bit more on that? I think the thing about Rodgers is, we always, it's the consensus is that he's the most talented quarterback in the league. And he has been the most talented quarterback in the league for probably five years now. But being the most talented quarterback in the league isn't really the same as saying he's the best quarterback in the league because the best quarterback in the league is normally about the player who's performing the best at the time yeah. over a certain stretch. And Rodgers has always been an above-average quarterback. He's all that, that's His floor is above-average, and he's generally a top-four, top-five kind of quarterback. But I don't think he's played to this level that he has over the last... 
two years maybe I think in my head anyway that I can remember I don't think he's been at this level I think one of the things that you kind of noticed with him in the past was his, his footwork and his, his accuracy underneath was always a little bit unreliable this year it's still a little bit inconsistent but you wouldn't call it unreliable so I, I, I think right now he has improved but I, I wouldn't say he's actually gotten better at anything rather than he's just being more consistent yeah, so it's, suppose, it's not so much that he's developing or anything like that, you know. I suppose he's as well. He's getting a little bit older. He's more comfortable in his skin, we might call it. And, you know, he has more of a handle on everything in that offense. But absolutely phenomenal this season. I started off with J.J. Watt was the first player I talked about. Aaron Rodgers is the last player I talked about, I guess. We'll put them up for debate in the MVP. I suppose you'll say the quarterback will get it. will probably be the answer. But who's your MVP uh, for this season? Uh, but that was actually the premise of the article today. Oh. Was, <laughs> I don't think... I don't think we can even consider Watt because Watt, Watt's been phenomenal. That's not to disparage Watt. And Watt is a great story because he's an offensive end in an offense-inclined league. Yeah. But the difficulty of what Rodgers is doing, the consistency with which he's doing it, and just the level that he's doing it at is the kind of thing that you might never see again in your life. So I, I kind of I, 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 I can't find a way to argue against giving him the MVP. And I think there's kind of a, an idea now that People expect Rodgers to be this good because he's been this good for a while and he's known to be this good. And I think it's actually going to hurt them that he's a quarterback because people are getting around to the point now where they're saying, oh, we, we have to stop just giving MVPs to the quarterbacks all the time. Yeah, but uh, obviously obviously, we've kept going on a little bit longer than we had planned before, but it's been uh, fascinating talking. Obviously, your Twitter handle, Kian, is Kian AF, which is anyone that doesn't know how to say his name or spell his name, it's C-I-A-N. AF, the two letters after just AF, and uh, you'll get all his articles not available through his Twitter feed, and you'll be able to get some of his analysis like he's, he's spoken about here. It's always great to get you on. You always give us more insight and information. So thanks again, as always, Kane, for coming on to talk to us, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. Thanks, man. Anytime. Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. So, DJ, great as always to have Kian on the podcast. As always, do go check him out on Twitter. It's at KianAF. Uh, definitely worth a follow. And, you know, you get great analysis and breakdown from him on many of the games around the National Football League. I mentioned some college stuff too. And uh, just go give him a follow and uh, check out some of his great work because always great to get more information. It's great to see another Irish, I was going to say group, another person from Ireland uh, doing so much great work in the National Football League uh, coverage. And I have to say, Kane is one of my favourites to read about. So definitely worth a follow. DJ, running through the rest of the games, some of the games we haven't talked about, and there's a, there's a few of them left. The Bills face the Denver Broncos this week, and uh, the Bills got that win last week, thanks mostly to the defence and special teams against the Cleveland Browns, and which seen Johnny Manziel score his first touchdown, which ESPN went absolutely amazingly crazy over. But this game coming up, DJ, the Denver Broncos at home nine and three, and uh, I know you you want to see them drop some games, and the Patriots clinch that top spot in the division. But the Buffalo Bills seven and five still in the playoff hunt in the AFC as well. So one team in the division with the Patriots, one team going for the top spot in the in the conference with the Patriots. So who do you want to see win this game? It's highly unlikely to happen, Colin, but I'd be quite happy with a tie in this game. <laughs> really don't see the Bills, though, having much of a chance of stopping Denver here, as much as I would actually like to see the Bills get a win, because I don't see them being any threat to the Patriots in the AFC East anymore. It's interesting, DJ. I don't think the Bills are going to to beat the Patriots for that division. But if you're looking around, DJ, Denver Broncos last week, kind of Peyton Manning didn't do much throwing of the ball. It was kind of windy conditions, a little bit harder to throw the ball. And uh, there was a lot of rushing. You know, we've seen CJ Anderson having a fantastic game. 
This game in particular, the Bills have been very good on defence, fifth in the league, but the Broncos are fifth on offence, so it's going to, be, it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, it's a game that I'm waiting to see how it starts off. I think we'll know in the first quarter how it's going to be, but I think I think the Broncos will have too much firepower. I think the Bills on defence will put a bit of pressure on them, but I don't, I don't think it'll be enough. I think, though, if the Bills can get to Peyton Manning and hit him with a few sacks uh, early on in the game, I think you know Peyton doesn't like getting hit, so we'll see what happens there. I think the at home going into this part of the season where you need to be hitting your peak I think we'll see the Denver Broncos to care business but I think this one will be a little bit closer than people think but the firepower in the end will uh, help the Denver Broncos get the win Yeah Carl I'm only one game left to this and that's a Patriots having to the San Diego Chargers in the late Sunday game here early Monday morning Irish time how do you see this going Carl? Yeah, DJ, uh, it seems to be a theme on the show that you're letting it run on that the Patriots is the last game discussed. Uh, we'll be doing a pick for Thursday night football, of course. But the Patriots, the last Sunday night game to be discussed, the 9-3 and three Patriots coming fresh off a loss against the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go. But uh, I just thought I would say that, DJ. And uh, San Diego Chargers 8-4 got a big win on the road last week against the Baltimore Ravens, I mentioned that loss for the Ravens earlier. This is a game that is going to be very interesting. You're on the road with the Patriots here. You're heading down into San Diego. The Chargers have been up and down in recent weeks. And uh, last week, in particular in the fourth quarter, DJ, it was the first time I've seen Philip Rivers play at the level he was at the start of the season. First uh, half of this game wasn't particularly good last week for the Chargers. I think, uh, you know, the, the offense of the Patriots last week, I know that they didn't put up massive points against the Packers, but they were definitely the most threatening offense I've seen against the Packers last week Gronkowski in a few times almost got into the end zone I think this week we'll see him get into the end zone Branton LaFell's been uh, playing very very good since he's come over from Carolina I've been very impressed with him in recent weeks and uh, you know you have Edelman going in and you have Amendola might get a bit of, bit of the action right as the second tight end might get in there and then you have the trio of running backs maybe now it's, it's actually a fourfold of running backs there now so we'll, we'll see what happens in the committee at the backfield there but you have Tom Brady DJ and He'll not be happy after last week's result, I can tell you that much. You could see how angry he was on the sideline, and that'll be eating away at him in training all this week, and they'll be ready with a game plan. I think they'll come out here and make a statement. The Chargers, DJ, last week they got away with it, got the late win, but I think I'm just going to go out and say it. I think the New England Patriots are going to blow them out here on uh, Sunday Night Football. I think they'll win by well over a touchdown. And I'm sure you're happy to hear that. I'm sure there'll not be too much disagreement, will there? Hopefully some of the Patriots do well travel to San Diego this week. Some of them appear on field or somebody trying to um, offer them last week because they were quite poor in places, but hopefully Darrell Reeves and Brandon Browner will be able to put in good performances again this week against the Chargers and hopefully it should be a relatively comfortable Patriots win, maybe a touchdown or more. Yeah, well, DJ, uh, you mentioned there again, critical of the defence, which had shut down Jordy Nelson in particular most of the first half up to that touchdown. The Green Bay Packers, we're not going to touch on it. We're not going to re- or preview it here. We'll preview it on the Monday recap show, DJ, but they're playing the Falcons this week at Lambeau Field, and this week you're going to see what it looks like when a defence doesn't turn up because Aaron Rodgers is going to tear them to shreds. So the Patriots, DJ, you'll be able to compare them <laughs> to the Falcons this week, and you'll be able to see them playing against the Chargers. I think you'll see that the Patriots' defence is quite good, both at the front end and at the back end and uh, I think all that team is going to have a, a chip on their shoulder coming out this week to put up a big statement against the Chargers so congratulations on your win against the Chargers this week and uh, I'm sure Damien Brennan down there in Dublin won't be too happy to hear me saying that he'll be staying up late to see that a big Chargers fan so for Damien bolt on and uh, 
that's all the games DJ wrapped up gone through for this week's show and uh, I mentioned that Packers games on Monday Night Football will be previewing it on the recap show when we're back on Monday lots of stuff DJ going on this weekend there'll be some teams missing out on the playoffs some teams getting closer to the playoffs so looking forward to seeing what goes on I'm going to have my feet up sitting back relaxing to see what happens as I wait for Monday Night Football Obviously, as we always do, DJ, there's going to be a t-shirt competition this week. I undecided yet what game it will be, but we'll be tweeting out before that to send in your correct scores. Great response last week to it. One of the, the biggest responses we ever got to the uh, Predict the Score competition. So looking forward to that there again. This will give you a chance to win an Overtime Ireland t-shirt. Coming up to Christmas could be the perfect gift for you. Maybe not. But uh, giving away that t-shirt and DJ almost forgot that the Cowboys playing the Bears and uh, obviously the UK Cowboys fans will be looking forward to this game. They're, uh, they're our team of OTI this year. The Cowboys, DJ, started off on an absolutely steamrolled run. We thought, oh, the team of OTI is a, a huge bump up. Helps the team perform on the field, but uh, maybe not in recent weeks. But, you know, they got blown out on Thursday night against the New or the the Philadelphia Eagles, sorry, and uh, I think responses on the cards here. The Bears, DJ. I've watched a good few Bears games this season, been in the and been in the NFC North, and have not been impressed. Jay Cutler in this game, I can guarantee you turns the ball over at least once, if not twice, twice a week or twice a game is my uh, average prediction of his turnovers. I think we'll see that again. Don't think this is going to be a good game for the Bears, and I think Tony Romo and Co. are going to be like the Patriots out to out to prove everyone wrong for for doubting them after last week's results. So. A win here for me on the road for for the Cowboys. Do you see the Bears pulling out a win here, DJ? Or do you see the Cowboys bouncing back and trying to trying to get back into that division? Of course, they're playing the Eagles. I think it's is it next week or in two weeks again to to try and get back into the into the division chase. I'm going to go to the Cowboys to win here. I think Tony Romo will get it done on Thursday night football. So, UK Cowboys fans, hopefully you're listening to this, and <laughs> hopefully you have got a win. Yeah, some people will be listening to this after probably think that uh, the Bears have con- convincingly beaten the Cowboys that were absolutely idiots yet again. But we'll, we'll go for that prediction. Both people going for the, the Cowboys win as we did on Thanksgiving and we were wrong there. So one of these weeks would probably be right. But DJ, that's uh, everything wrapped up for the show. Thanks to Kane for coming on. As we mentioned, give him a follow. If you're not following us already on Twitter, please do go to at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. Our website is OvertimeIreland.com. Plenty of articles going up there during the week. Lots of stuff to be talked about. That's where uh, the best place you can listen to the podcast there. Find all the ways to listen to the podcast. Obviously, you have already found a way, but maybe you want to take us on the go, listen to it on your phone or whatever. Lots of ways to download. Do download on multiple devices. Give us a comment, rate, and a subscription on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you're desire maybe and until we're back on Monday recapping all the games action previewing Monday Night Football I'm Colin and I'm DJ and until then have a good one thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word this has been an Overtime Ireland production 